Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode, season 17, episode 10. Hi, Aid. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Trying to get ready for my trip to Texas, and I'm nowhere ready. Yay, me. I'm looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> so I'm excited about your trip to Texas. Same here. Okay. Um, I think we should just dive into this week's episode. What housekeeping do we want to share with the people this week? Sister Wives is up on our Patreon. Go subscribe if you'd like to hear our thoughts on the end of this season. There will be no after party on Patreon this week. And to celebrate the holiday, we will be off next week, but we will give you the Christmas present of part two of our interview with Dr. Pepper and Dr. Jessica. Um, I can't believe it. We, we did it in February. Um, but honestly, everything they said still applies. So part one was on our regular feed. Part two is on our Patreon. So we're just going to share part two with all of you. Happy holidays. Yay. And even though there's no after party, we will be sharing the important bits on this episode. And there were a lot of, <laughs> listen, guys, we've been whining about how no camera, no, bra- it was worth the damn wait. <laughs> I, it was just like, what, what, what? what? And the fact that they had Lauren there, that was, you know, per- oh my God, perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> that they had the right people right there. But so, yeah, we'll be sprinkling that in the episode. So never fear, never fear. All right, Jane. Uh, before we get to that, what is going on with our maths people? Okay. Um, Jose from the Houston season, he got new property. If you watch the season, you know his pride and joy, besides being debt-free and a high credit score, that he has property everywhere. He has property number four that he said. So congratulations to him, honestly, because with the market right now, like congrats to him. Um, Team Up sent or brought this to my attention. I did not see this, but I went back and looked at it. Alexis and Justin are doing something together. Looks like it's a, whether a podcast or a YouTube thing, I don't know, but it's called XCAM. <laughs> episode one is up um, and they're going to be spilling secrets, I guess, about their time on maps and the things we didn't know about. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense why he's just been liking her stuff. And, and I'm sure it's probably going to be about like their growth and how they got to this place that they are. But in the comments, someone was like, Oh, I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm rooting for you. And Alexis is like, serious question, why? Like, (laughs) I mean, I get where she's coming from, like, especially because she said serious question or genuine question. Like, you know, what was it about us that you were rooting for or anything? But I'm just like, what? (laughs) That's a fair question. But I'm like, if you were rooting for them, I'm like, do you mean the project that they're launching? Or the relationship? Uh-huh. And I guess Alexis took it to mean the relationship. No, they meant the relationship. They said, I was rooting for you guys to make it during your season, blah, blah, blah. She's like, why? <laughs> so- That's a legitimate question. That is a legitimate question. Why would you be rooting for the mess that we were? 
Oh man, she had to ask me anything. And I think someone's asking, like, did you feel you had to be more masculine? She's like, no, I don't believe in those masculine, feminine, whatever, but we weren't able to be ourselves um, in the relationship. Anyways, Rachel from Houston, Jose's ex-wife, is doing a girl's summer trip. Um, for those who follow, Rachel does travel a lot, so I guess she's trying to turn that into... I can tell if it's like a business. I, I wouldn't assume that she's doing it for free, but just trying to get a summer trip together for 2024 and asking people to sign up. Um, Virginia, I want to say turned 30 and had a birthday, and all the ladies showed up, the Atlanta ladies, except Haley because of work. And people honestly are rude. Someone asked Claire why she looked bloated. And I'm like, I, I, I just don't even understand. Like, you see things on there, people you have no idea, and you take the time out to type out and ask them rude questions. How does that add to your life? GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. I'm sure I must have said it, but I don't remember. But I think the Boston season just dropped on Netflix or something. I don't know. But Lindsay had to ask me anything, said that she's gotten good feedback since the show was on Netflix. And someone asked her if she would do it again. And she's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, when she continued about if she would do it again, our girl Jen from the Wise and Wine podcast, she did an interview with Lindsay. Check it out. Got a shout out because she said I did an interview with her and I said that if you, since I love myself so much, I wouldn't do it again. But everything she went through got her to where she is, being a director, being in the Bay Area, being with a man that she wants. She was also asked who she's close to on the season. And she said her first answer was people behind the camera. Fair enough. <laughs> and she said... She does talk to Katina every now and then because and when they talk, it's usually about growth and all that. And then I started wondering what happened to her and Olajuwon. That's who she was close to. So I'm very surprised it's Katina um, that she's close to. So um, my takeaway from the whole thing is Lindsay is going to be Lindsay. She just kept saying how she's a good person. People who know her know she's genuine. She gives a lot of this and that. And I'm not, I'm just, did you not learn anything? Like everything you did was right. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, it's very interesting. She's a bit delusional because I, you cannot pay me enough money to believe that the feedback she has gotten since her season has been on Netflix has been positive. That's a lie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Earlier this week, I think I was pondering this thought. I'm like, what is the difference between self-confidence and delusion? I mean, you tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself. And if you believe it, it is what it is. That is your reality. So she has made her own reality. And um, good for her on that, I guess. I mean, the thing is, if I was talking to Lindsay, I'd be like, oh, ignore all the negative people. They're not useful. And I, that is true. But the way she behaved on her season does not engender positive feedback or negative feedback that is wrong. It's right. <laughs> I mean, she was even like the thing she said about um, Mike, Mark the shark or whatever. She's like, I was, I was venting that anyone who says they haven't talked shit about anybody is a liar. So I didn't do anything. I'm just like, wow, that, that, that is something. If she and thinks the, the only thing she did was that venting in the bathroom. <laughs> what about everything else? 
Exactly. <laughs> and then she was talking about the manipulation and the reality show, and I'm like, and the people you talk to are the people behind the camera? Okay. But, so that's all I got, guys. All right, guys. We are going to pay some bills and come back with this episode. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming, and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Call on the podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their ginger lime mule, and Grapefruit Paloma, which happens to be my favorites, you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much, so Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Tane, I thought this episode was funny. I don't know if it intended to be funny, but there were moments where I just laughed. I, yeah, I didn't laugh, but... I was already talking about how, yeah, I think one of the couples had said we hit a wall. And I'm like, yeah, this season has hit a wall and it's episode 10. But I ate my words. I just needed time. And it picked right back up. And I was entertained (laughs) by the episode. I was, people didn't mean to be funny, but sometimes they were. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing all the things you found funny. Uh, we start off with Claire and Cameron and passive aggressiveness because this is their brand. <laughs> this is their bread and butter. This is how they plan to move through this relationship. This time it's about the thermostat. The fake waking up because we know that they really didn't just wake up. Uh, Claire says, oh, I was so hot. Cameron says, the thermostat is right over there. She says, didn't I say five times? This man didn't even let her finish. He cut her off. And then she's like, I wanted the window open. And she was roasting. He says, you did ask me once about the... I was like, for the love of God. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> You have to imagine that this is also just, this is how the episode started. Like, we didn't even get to put our snacks down, get cozy on that. They just went right into it. And it's like, oh, God, we were not ready. They decide to, Cameron's like, let's talk about last night. You know, where I told your friend that my father is, you know, really ill and I can't tell him that we're married. So he's like, he didn't realize that he hadn't communicated that clearly. Claire was like, it was very strange the way it was brought up. He's like, I don't know, Amy, but you were diving into a lot. Anyway, what Cameron's explanation is, is that his dad has been sick for many years. It's not that it isn't a big deal, but it's not considered something newsworthy. So he's already gone through the stages. It's not a recent thing. It's just sort of a stasis. It's it's a state, like a steady state mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why he thought he had told her but she didn't understand the gravity. And she said last night was the first time she'd heard about his dad. Yeah. I was just like on his case because the way he was so blase about it, understood that he's been living with it for a long time, but also, you know, that you married a stranger, like it's still a big thing to share with someone and everything just felt so vague. It's like, what are you really trying to say? Cause he was like, He's a survivor. I'm like, survivor of what? But I think we get our answers from after party because at first I thought he was going to be vague, but Keisha just kind of, I, I just want to say that, you know, I've been hard on Keisha, but I think Keisha did the damn thing on after party this episode and asked the questions that should be asked. Um, and we find out that he, his dad, his dad basically has a collapsed lung. Is that right? He said that his father's lungs collapsed when his parents got divorced. And I thank the good Lord when Keisha was like, so when did that happen? And he actually explained a whole lot before we got to when did that happen? His parents divorced when he was 13. And he says that his father's lungs collapsed from the emotional strain of the divorce, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And he's been in chronic bad health since then. And he also said that he told Claire my dad can't get on a plane, but I feel like he didn't provide anything further than that. So she didn't know like, oh, he'll never be able to get on a plane. He's chronically ill. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did say to his credit that he probably didn't explain that well. And Claire just probably thought it was a temporary thing, which again is still a big thing. Like if your dad is bedridden, that's still a big thing that you should be clear about. Again, I know he's been living with it for years, but you kind of still have to be cognizant of the fact that this person you just married who did not know anything about you does not know. But he also did say that he was surprised by her surprise, but I don't know. It's Claire and Cameron. Who knows? So moving on to Brandon and Emily, he says he's going to make bacon, egg and toast. He forgot butter, whatever. She apologizes again for her friends. I was mad. 
girl, stop apologizing. Um, they just talk about how it was supposed to be a fun night. Didn't quite turn out that way. First, he says he thinks he could have done things differently and handled it better. He didn't want to come off defensive. But then he says he doesn't apologize for that because he was obviously heated at the moment. He has to stand up for himself. She tells him that she wanted him to know that she'll always take his side. I think that's a part of marriage, but that's not really how it works. <laughs> um, if if your partner's wrong, you maybe you take their side in public and later on you tell them why they're wrong, but you can't just universally, that's not in the marriage vows. I'll always be on your side even when you're being an asshole. I, I don't think that should be part of it. Um, she She really is into the apologizing, like, I don't want you to think less of me because of my friends. And he says he doesn't think less of her. He's treating it like a one-off night with pressure that felt a little off. Forgive and forget. In this scene, I noticed that Emily's blush is really bothering me. And for the rest of the episode, all I could stare at was her blush because I think she's putting it on wrong. <laughs> So next up is Austin and Becca. They're playing a game, cribbage. I think I've heard of cribbage. I don't know how to play it. Um, but apparently there's a pegging part. So uh, uh, Becca tries to throw some sexual jokes in there. In the interview, she says that she's looking to create sexual tension in this non-sexual game, but she knows she needs to be patient. But she's starting to feel worried that they're not separating from friendship to move into something else. It's funny, she said that just as I was thinking, like, wow, like, we really have no content that we have to watch these people play a game and laugh like fourth graders every time they said pegging. And she's like, well, how does this separate us from being a friendship? And I was like, oh, good question. Also, it looks like Becca got a refresh on her pink hair. Her hair was, uh, was the pink was pinking. And then also because of what you said, where you said you hope is not in honor of some like they're gonna come out with like someone has cancer or whatever and stuff i'm like i hope after party pink is not in her honor because i just saw the pink hair and i'm just like oh i hope not but also dr pia has decided pink is her signature color too because <laughs> she wore that for the visits and i noticed she's wearing that for decision day and i can't remember what she wore before but i'm like what does this pink mean it's really truly driving me crazy I figure either it'll all be revealed or it won't be. But I love the idea of the girls getting together and being like, this is our theme for After Party for the whole season. We're not breaking. Good for them. Back to Claire and Cameron and passive aggressiveness. Because <laughs> they have nothing to say. They're sitting there chewing their food. And Cameron says the sounds of mastication. Mm. I love it when I can pinpoint the exact time I learned what a word means. I learned mastication from, uh, oh gosh, I can't believe I forgot this. Oh my God. What's the Sandra Bullock Miss America movie? Miss Congeniality. Thank you. That is where I learned the word mastication. And I hope all of you who love that movie remember exactly the part where the word is said. Um, so of course, <laughs> Cameron. What just, what just happened right now? <laughs> what? <laughs> There's one person out there who knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> so Cameron says the sounds of mastication. And then he tells Claire it means chewing because she didn't watch Miss Congeniality. And Claire says, well, you could have just said chewing. I'm like, why do you people hate each other so much? He says he wanted to use a big word. She's like, you tend to do that. 
He's like, I should do it more often because people would know how smart I really am. And it's just, (laughs) they're laughing, but there's always undertones when they're laughing. And Cam is feeling the undertones too. Because in an interview, he says, when Claire expresses feeling of cascading annoyances, I've never heard this term. (laughs) Cascading annoyances. It needs to be on a (laughs) t-shirt. He says, he wants to feel wanted and her body language and actions say she doesn't want me. He's been saying what we've been saying for weeks. So Cam tries to talk to Claire about this. I feel like we are stuck. We're at an impasse. She tries to put a little lipstick on this pig and says that they're both trying really hard. They've hit a wall. There's zero romance. I do find it um, interesting that Claire is like, oh, there's no one to blame. (laughs) She does that a lot this episode. She just tries to project her feelings onto him. I think you'd say the same thing too. I think you would agree. I'm like, girl, just say what you got to say on your own. Cam is like, it's easy to say the lack of romance and that it will come in time. But when we're talking about turn-ons, has he been doing anything to to turn her on, basically? This woman says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what that means? No. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the only person who finds this funny? I think I'm the only one. Yes. And then she starts talking about how he does this thing where he checks in with her and she actually touches him. Like when you do that, like that's a turn on to me. You ask me how I'm feeling. Okay, that's good. So then he flips it. He's like, okay, well then what's a turn off? She's like, it took, it took a second just to be too long. And she says, no, but she's not romantically ready to engage sexually. It doesn't feel naturally like to kiss. It's, and he, she's like, yeah, for the both of us. Right. He's like, no, no, uh, that's, I do want to kiss you. And she's like, oh, that's news to me. It's it's funny that she's getting on him for how he talks. But again, who says, I'm not romantically ready to engage in behavior that is sexual. Are we AIs? Like, why can't you just be direct? It just really drives me nuts that Claire doesn't communicate directly. But... Is Claire just like Brennan, which we'll get to him later, but um, where she just doesn't want to say, like, I'm not attracted to you. She is, but I don't know why when the person is, like, asking and then everything else that you do indicates that. Like, someone literally, I mean, further down the line, gave you an out and you rejected it. Like, I don't, I don't, it's weird. I do think, maybe I'm just giving Claire too much benefit of the doubt. Sometimes people don't want to quit on the show because they don't, they're not Orions. They're not like, I'm done. What if something, what, you put a lot into this. And I still think that even though their mind might be checked out, their body is still like, let me just grit my teeth and keep on trying. Um, I think she can say that too. It's not there, but I think I'll be doing myself a disservice if I don't see this through and see what could come of it. That's an option. She's not taking it. So then Cameron asks, is there a 0.1% chance of this working out? She very quickly says no. His face falls. She's like, no, there's more than that. And he says that they have to stick through it and make the romance work. Okay. What? 0.2? <laughs> She's like, I got a 1% at least. <laughs> Emily and Brendan go to Pilates reformer class. Pilates Reformer is so bad that I have invented memories of trying it, but I never have tried it. I never will try it because it's terrible. 
Have you ever done reformer? No, I haven't. Um, so yeah, they go, they work out. She says they had a good day hanging out. Apparently they spent the whole day together. For the first time, it sounds like. <laughs> She's being breadcrumbed at this point. You're so excited that you spent the whole day with your husband, 18 days into the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> So everybody meets up. Um, there's a potluck. Cameron talks about how if they all brought enough food for eight people, there'd be food for, I think he said 38, but I think the correct number is. He said 36. Okay. That's wrong, right? It's 32. I did not think that hard on it. <laughs> I just took it and moved on. <laughs> Math is not my strong suit, but never mind. There's a potluck. Um, Lauren and Orion are the last to arrive. Claire says she's been talking to Lauren and she's probably coming. She asked the guys if they've talked to Orion. Like, whatever happened with Lauren and Orion is in the group chat, but we're all gonna fake, like, no one knows. That was um, annoying. And then, like, have they moved in? Have they? I'm, I'm like, wait, are we really? This happened, like, how long ago? Well, I don't know what the timeline is, but it felt like a long time ago. Lauren comes in with a full charcuterie board. It looks real nice. Someone asked if they moved in. Like, we just discussed. They know the answer. She says they never moved in. Orion comes in with dessert. He does a very weird touch of Lauren. Not a hug. Not a pat. I don't know what that was. It was a tap. It was a a hello tap. Hello, how are you? (laughs) Orion is like, I brought dessert. My friends own a bakery. They flash to the dessert. There's no sticker. There's no nothing. He didn't get any advertising for his friend's bakery out of this. (laughs) Lauren asks about everybody's housewarmings. Brennan says he got ambushed by Emily's friends. Okay. They've been going through bumps. No romantic bond yet. He's trying to work through it. The honeymoon was good, but reality changed. Lauren is like, you're still in it. That's very commendable. Very commendable. The bullets were hitting. Brennan says, we're trying. Lauren says, yeah, it's easy to leave when stuff gets hard. <laughs> as as she scooted her way into the couch, any further away from Orion, I was like, Lauren, you've hit the end. There's nowhere else to go. <laughs> um, okay, Claire in an interview says that she's surprised to hear basically how badly things are going for people because she assumed every else was happy. Um, but yeah, that's not the case. Orion is like, yeah, we haven't talked since the honeymoon, but Lauren and I have decided to get a divorce. Lauren says, I, <laughs> as in you, because <laughs> I didn't decide that. <laughs> Who says this is not comedy? Emily says, when did this happen? Uh, Lauren says, you can speak to it since it happened so many times. <laughs> Orion says, yeah, coming back from the honeymoon. I will say Orion is not really defending here. <laughs> Like, whatever Lauren says, he's just rolling with it. So he's like, we came back from the honeymoon. We talked to Dr. Pia after that. I was like, I really, really want a divorce. Brennan asked uh, Lauren if she thinks Orion gave this a chance. And she said they had a race disagreement. Then she corrected herself. And she said, no, I made a very insensitive joke day two of the honeymoon. And then she lists all of Orion's sins. That she was called a failure in the marriage. He slut-shamed her. I was so happy that she brought up that he slut-shamed her and she ended up apologizing to him. Because mm-hmm. I, I was very bothered about that when it happened. She said, you had me apologize and you didn't apologize. Orion 
says he's not changing what he's saying. And she says, you change every moment. Lauren calls him a gaslighter. It's just a little bit of an overused word. But I can see where she finds interactions with Orion frustrating. Yeah, I guess it's frustrating. Like, there's a difference. Like, I think Orion really truly believes his truth and doesn't realize that he's inconsistent. So I don't know that the gaslighting applies to him. But I think the appropriate word is frustrating because he is inconsistent. He just says one thing and does another. And changes his mind. He and changes, changes his, his mind. mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the funny part, I guess this is one of the com- comedic things. I don't know if this is part of what you found funny. But Lauren and Orion argue like no one else is in the room. <laughs> and they do this continuously. And everybody else is just like, uh, should we be here? And it's so vague because at this point, I still don't know if people besides Claire know what her racially insensitive joke is. And no one's going to be like, so what exactly was it? I do feel like other casts, like other seasons, Olajuwon would have been like, what the hell did you say? Or somebody would have been like, Lindsay would have been like, can you just share? If not, don't talk about it. Like, I just think this cast is really respectful and polite. And they just sit there and smile and be like, uh, this is bad. But it's always so funny when they do that. But I think this is also the reason why Orion asked for a divorce. Because when they get into a divorce, Lauren is very clear and stern and very whatever about what she's saying. And little boy Orion cannot deal with that. And that's what he's uncomfortable with. And I think that's why he asked for a divorce. Like, I can't constantly be checked or put in my place or being told, God forbid, to be accountable for the things that you did. And I will say just... To make sure it's like very clear, the reason, uh, at least to me, the reason he's being checked is because he is so inconsistent. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I am on Lauren's side. Like, make no mistake. Like, Lauren is right to check him. Like, you can't have a conversation where you're saying different things every four to six minutes. It just, it's not fair to the other person. So, yeah. Emily asks, did you give up too fast? And Lauren says she didn't give up because she she didn't. As in Orion did. Orion says he feels like he tried, but it was small steps back with each argument. And then Orion's like, see how easy it is for us to start going back and forth? There's a disconnect in our communication. (laughs) And he basically repeats that. Oh, there was a disconnect on the honeymoon. Disconnect, communication. Got it, got it. Is this where she says, because we don't communicate? Yes. (laughs) Cameron says, you're not alone. It's been hard for Claire and I. There are big things, chemistry, romance, raising kids, religion. I'd like to point out at this point here that during after party, and I really appreciate Cameron saying this during after party because it rings very true. He's like, yeah, we would talk about all these problems. Those were not the problems. I think those were just easy things to talk about instead of talking about the real problem. So this raising kids religion thing, he's like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but Cam, once again, he's doing the whole, she's the best thing ever. He's head over heels with how great she is. She's like, don't make me cry. Brennan says, don't make me cry. I haven't cried since the second grade. Later on, the same man will be upset. Someone told him to go to therapy. Um, <laughs> Before they had their talk later in the episode or whatever, I had written down Cameron's speech felt like a farewell. 
Because he was like, she's the best person that I've ever dated and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, is this a goodbye? But also, I'm like, when Cameron started with Lauren, you're not alone. I'm like, how is this speech making Lauren feel better when you're praising your wife and saying you're trying? Like, that doesn't help her. Her husband said, sayonara, bye. I think he wants her to know that she's miserable and single then, but he's equally miserable in marriage. <laughs> Brennan asks Becca and Austin how they are doing. This is where you know producers. Brennan, I don't see Brennan asking Becca and Austin how they're doing on his own. Um, Austin says the conversation is stressful. The religion and the intimacy speed are sort of their big issues, and he needs time to work through certain things. And like figure out what? <laughs> One of these things, like, <laughs> point, I am terrified of Austin because I feel like he's hiding something really big. I think Austin returned to church like uh, six months ago, and it, it, I'm I'm being facetious, but oh, I was I, like, where did he get this from? <laughs> I, I just think that he's downplaying the importance of religion because he really likes Becca, and I think in his own mind, which is. I don't know if it's wrong. He's probably thinking to himself, I don't know how important these things are to me, but I know that they're more important than perhaps I thought they were. Why hasn't anyone checked us? Someone hit us with the matchmaking special. Was religion mentioned for Austin, Becca, Cameron, Claire? Like, where was their stance on that? I want to know. Austin says that Becca's support is helpful and meaningful. Becca is basically like, (laughs) I'm so sad that all my friends are so sad. (laughs) I'm sure this was a miserable conversation. Mm, It was a downer. Like, at some point, they were all crying. Yes. So, that was sad. I was like, season 17, damn. Lauren in an interview basically says the same things like I'm glad everybody's still together but everybody's just they're being challenged and then Lauren says that she's excited to continue on her with her life and know she tries her best and then she starts crying then she starts sobbing then she can't even stand up I was like someone please go give her a hug some producer appears out to do exactly what I instructed and I really felt like they spent a lot like She'd clearly gone to a place where she probably thought she wasn't on camera, and they did some wide angle of Lauren crying some more. That wasn't nice. <laughs> Get the shot! Um, I just... Again, uh, sorry to go back to Brent uh, Austin. He said the thing about... After he said they need to work through certain things, that he's just trying to work through things before they get to the point of the things that would tear them apart. That's why I'm just like, again... But do you think that's still the religion thing? It's the religion thing or it's something else. What was the other thing? Religion and... Oh, I just think it's something that hasn't been... No, I don't think that. No. It just really sounds ominous. Like, if it was just that, I wouldn't be so worried. I think it's, to me, that's why I'm like, what is the thing? It's not the first time he said it. During the honeymoon, he was like, oh, before we get to the big stuff that we have to tackle. And then now he says, like, the things that... I was like... What is that thing that would tear them apart? Why would sex tear them apart? If you want to go slow, she's respecting it. And then eventually you're going to have sex. If it's just you want to build an emotional connection, it's not like, oh, we're never going to have sex. So I don't know. Tearing you apart because of that sounds so dramatic. 
That's why I'm like, uh, maybe it's the religion. Uh, I don't know, but that's just uh, really whatever. But yeah, I think um, an after party, Lauren did mention that she doesn't think that Orion recognizes what he did. And Cameron was so insightful. He's like, well, that happens when someone who has never had to recognize that they're hurting someone. So it's just easier to put the blame on somebody else and move on. And Keisha was like, Keisha was so, it's her first time meeting Cameron. And she's like, wow, that's so insightful. And Keisha did something that was good. Brennan is such a terrible guest. He just sits there stone-faced. But she kept throwing questions at him. Brennan, what do you think? Brennan, what do you think? So she's like, Brennan, what do you think? And he's like, ah, the experience is a learning experience for everyone. So, you know, all of that stuff. But yeah. I, I like Cameron. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to like him by the end of the season. But I think I feel bad for him. And I just think that he is really, I don't know, in tune with things. Yeah, because he's been right on the read. And remember last week we were going like, yes, Cameron is doing certain things. But is Cameron just reacting to the body language that he's getting? I also liked Cameron. And I really liked his presence at after party. But I wasn't there. And this whole he said, she said thing. And I don't know these people. But Lauren is not a liar. But also Lauren is getting information from Claire. But I also don't think Claire would lie. So I'm just like, how can two people have such wildly different interpretation of things? that it's spinning my head and I don't know who's telling the truth or not. I think the other interesting thing is that we all, I think we're in agreement that Cameron is attracted to Claire or he's doing a really good job of faking being attracted to her. Yeah. We're going to take a break and we'll be back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So we come back to postmortems. Cameron and Claire, which Claire's outfit was a, I'm just going to say it was ugly. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't, okay, it wasn't terrible, but I was like, this is a choice. I don't get it. Um, but they sit down and they agree that that was draining on many levels. Claire didn't realize that she where the other couples were at. She thought that. They were the only two down in the dumps, but they're not the only ones. I don't know why she said this. Um, Cameron says, we have potentially insurmountable problems, but at least we're talking about it. And he, I, maybe I like Cameron because he expressed something that I've expressed for weeks. He's like, uh, Austin and Becca just not talk about things because they're scared. It seems unhealthy. 
but I'm not going to tell anybody how to live their lives. That's what Cameron said. Yeah. I mean, but that's, everybody knows that, that they're not talking about stuff. And he, even Austin has said it again. They're not talking about stuff because he doesn't want them to be torn apart. So it's common knowledge. He's just verbalizing it, but they're just finding out about it, I guess. I, I, I think the group, they talked about it a little in the honeymoon, but maybe this is the first time they've, this is the first time they've met up since they got back. So he's yeah, like, wow, they, these two are still not talking about stuff. Yeah, they said they were going to wait till after the honeymoon, but it's been been after the honeymoon and we are still here. So then I, I also I have realized that one of my favorite genres of this show is couples talking about other couples. So Claire and Cameron continue. Next up, they're like, Brendan and Emily, something's up. <laughs> Cameron says they're not being specific enough about the issues. And Claire's like, I don't think they're being honest. I did notice, and I noticed this earlier, that Claire has a, the initials J.R.K. tattooed on her arm. And I'm sure those are that's a tattoo for her brother. Her brother. Mm-hmm. Claire says that they're good at being honest. And, and she means her and Cameron. And that as long as they continue for the rest of their lives, that's beneficial. Cameron says, in the spirit of being honest, he's been inspired to continue. It gets very wordy. And basically he says, it sounded to me like he said, Orion cut this shit off early. Maybe we should too. <laughs> That's my summary. He said a lot of things. It was a bit word salady, but that was his thesis. Yes. I had written down, what is Cameron saying? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and in the interview, he says that he and Claire's biggest hurdles is a lack of physical intimacy and religious views. And he asked Claire if there's an adjustment they need to make, and she says she doesn't know, and then it just ends. So, that okay. I think their postmortem for me, I was like, this is the reverse of what I always bitch about of people comparing themselves. I was like, at this moment, it gives them hope. Like, hey, we're not doing that bad. Everybody else sucks. And I'm just like, on the flip side, if Claire and Cameron are the couples that are doing the best, this is bad. This is real bad. I've officially given up on the romance part of this show. I'm here for the entertainment because this is not looking good. Becca and Austin are our best hope, but they're not that great. And again, save for Jamie and Doug, we've never had a couple come back from non-attractiveness, right? Correct. Can you think of any? Yeah. Austin comes to talk to Brennan. Emily goes and talks to Becca. Becca is like, oh, ours is relatively easy. We just have big issues that are going to take time. I'm like, oh, I'm a delusional self. <laughs> Austin basically says the same thing to Brennan. He, he, things are good. He just doesn't describe to the notion that we have to figure everything out now. Okay. Emily tells Becca that she thought things were fine during the honeymoon. He liked me. He found me attractive. And then something is happening, like a shutting off. And she's asked him, and he won't answer the question about physical attraction. Becca says, he is attracted to you. I think that's mighty bold of Becca. Um, But okay. I think what I learned about Becca this episode is that she likes to have her head in the clouds. 
And it's a typical, it's a common thing that women do. Someone tells you something and like, oh no, that's not true. He likes you. Even though he just kicked you out of his car and didn't pick up your calls. No, he likes you. And I'm like, this man said he's not, he's not attracted to you. She's like, no, he is attracted to you. I was like, well, you know. I'm but calling I think putting she- lipstick on a pig. <laughs> so uh, Austin tells Brennan, oh, you dropped a big, bra- a big bomb. Do you think attraction, like, is this something that you have to have in the being or can it grow? And Brennan's like, in the past, it's been immediate. That's <laughs> not good. <laughs> and this time he wants to trust the expert to do things differently. He wants to trust the process. Divorce is not an option. If he could take a pill and have chemistry, he would. But he's got to do it the natural way. Yeah. Now, this is where Becca does good. She's like, whether he's attracted to you or not, you do know that you are attractive. And that's a good thing to say because A, it's true. And B, after this relationship, Emily's going to need all the building up that she like possibly could have. So good job on getting started with that, Becca. Mm-hmm. And Becca starts crying. I'm sorry. Emily starts crying. I felt so bad for her. She's like, I'm learning that I'm stronger. I'm more into my emotions for not having a relationship. And she said, this is why I didn't date. I wanted someone who's sure of me and sure of themselves and she doesn't want to give up and it's hard to hear him talk about romance, whatever that is, and no direct answers. And she doesn't know what to do based on the nothing he's giving her. And Becca says, it leaves you in a gray area. There's something about when Emily cries that really touches my heart because she's just always like upbeat and always trying to make the best of the situation. So when I see her cry... I just in some way feel like I can feel her pain. Like, just like, oh my God, like this just feels like hopeless. It, she's not hard. I wouldn't describe her that way, but she has like a persona to her that I don't think that she's, this is not an insult. She's not a Lauren. I don't think she cries a lot. So it's hard to see her cry. Mm, yeah. So then we move once again to Claire and Cameron. Um, Clara tells us in a selfie cam that Dr. Pia is stopping by. Clara is wearing that brand of sweater that I tried and failed to describe last week. I still don't know what it is, but the first thing Dr. Pia notices is that they don't have their rings on. And she says, what's going on with that? Cameron says, well, it's been apparent that our long-term viability is not there. And Dr. Pierre is like, oh, that's a bold statement. And it was like, okay, you need to give it time to process. Um, once again, I'm sure she knew. It seems like the show has sent Dr. Pia to save a couple from the brink. <laughs> and again, it's like, okay, just I guess this is what they call learning on the job. Just throw her in in the deep end. So Cameron says that he wants to try and they have like a disagreement in religion Claire mentions her lack of romantic connections. Cameron says, like, the thing that's so painful is that they are extremely compatible and he feels um, heard with her, which is very rare for him in relationships. He says all these nice things about um, Claire and Claire is all like, oh, that's so nice. And then, um, but then he says something where he says, it's time for me to protect Cameron because their future is looking bleak. 
Clara says something about they're not doing well individually and they have to protect their mental health. And Dr. Pierre was like, okay, I'm just wondering, like, what have you guys tried? Her recommendation is for them to go back to what makes them work individually and get them stabilized because a lot of change has happened and that could deregulate them. And they should take romance, sex, and religion off the table. And my two things were, how do you take that off the table? You're in a marriage. You kind of have to talk about these things. And you tell these people you have to talk about these things. Now take it off. And then I'm like, oh, she means like just for the show, just to keep the show going. We can't lose another couple. So just make it work till the eight weeks and then you can get divorced. But then the first, the other thing that she said was like, you have to go back to what makes you work individually and get stable. It's never worked. Like they've been, except for the wedding night, maybe it's been back and forth. And if we believe the rumors of the conversations that they were having, which we will get into, that happened the day after the wedding. So, I mean, they've been, you know, dead on arrival. So she says, give yourself time to be in the moment and just be fun. Cameron says, you know, I will be disingenuous if I agree to this <laughs> terms and conditions you just laid at my feet. Like, I would like to sleep on your advice and then tomorrow see how I feel and uh, see if we can do that. And she's like, I appreciate that. It's now. the most beautiful way I've ever seen a person say hell <laughs> to the no, to the no, no, no. Like, he said it very respectfully, very kindly, very deferentially. But he's like, I'm not agreeing to all that. <laughs> so I had all this whole like diagnosis and stuff. I'm like, especially when he said that it's time to protect Cameron. I'm like, I think Cameron likes Claire, but like her body language, he's just like, I'm not gonna get here and get hurt and get beat up. This girl doesn't like me. Let me just move on. But after party, like um Aid mentioned earlier, he does mention that the raising kids, the religion, that was not a big issue. That his main thing was that he was largely feeling rejected. And then Keisha doing the, Lord, the Lord's work brought up the whole thing that Claire had mentioned. That he said that he wanted someone slender. And then Cameron is like, okay, Claire is my type. I wanted someone that was slender and attractive. And she is both. Which I kind of have to see. Like when, he, when Claire says that he says he wanted something slender. I'm looking at Claire like. What what do you think you are? <laughs> like, like, I'm so confused. And then he says, listen, guys, till this day, I am not sure why she is not attracted to me. And I'm like, and they let this on air? Because clearly, clearly, they are not together. They... <laughs> And this is this is a new, I mean not new, but this is a recent seasons of after party thing. Yeah. Where they're just like, we don't care if we throw spoilers in here. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, was this a condition? Was he like, listen, unless you guys let me speak my truth, I'm not coming on that show. I'm not acting. <laughs> I'm saying whatever I want to say. He mentioned also that, you know, he couldn't like do anything physical because off camera, he was told that that was not okay. Lauren said, 
um, sorry. Um, I mean, I hear you and I'm confused, but that is not what I heard. What I heard was that Cameron made comments about her body. It was being all vague. And Lauren was like, listen, I tell the truth. What she said, what you said was that you said her butt was too big. And if they had sex, then you would never come. I was like, oh my God. I'm so I, I felt stupid because I was listening to talk. They had to do bleeping because this is apparently Lifetime is network television. We even put ball gags. Um, and I was like, surely not. But uh, did you read her lips or are you just like, there's just no other possibility for what there you could have no said? Possi- there was no possibility. I wasn't even looking at my closed caption. I was just <laughs> taken aback by what was happening. Like, what was, I wasn't ready. I wasn't, I was like, oh my God, like, wow. And then the next shocker came into, and he's like, yeah, the other thing about the attraction thing was like, you know, Claire has a type and they're like, what is her type? He was like, large, athletic. Lauren was like, black. <laughs> and if you see the way this is you know we don't texture the show but when that came i said I mean, what the hell i texted tate i was like oh my god like what and then keisha says i don't know what's going on right now i was like you you and all of us you and all of us keisha, where did this come from i don't know why why people are usually afraid of just describing people as black because there was a time like I had an IT thing at work and I was trying to figure out how to describe I didn't know the name of the person and he's like who who I was like listen the other black guy does not whatever said name I was like it's okay it's okay to say that because Cameron was like oh the he's like she likes dark largely athletic so thank god for Laura Laura was like black and then Cameron was like and we could suppose that that's not true and Keisha is like, because, and she's like, all her exes are white. Like, he whispered wow. it. He whispered yeah. it. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, all of her exes are white. <laughs> and I was like, touche, my dude. Touche. Like, where do you go from there? I don't even think Keisha knew where, where do, how do we, where? What? <laughs> so, oh. uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> And, I mean, it was a revelation, but there's still confusion because yeah. when Lauren said black, I was like, are you getting that from what Cameron is saying or from what Claire, your friend, has told you? And like Cameron said, where did the, like, she just decided, if you've never dated a black person before, identifiable, how would he come to the conclusion that you like black guys unless you told him? <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. Because Lauren does spend, so I don't know. The whole thing is just, he said, she said, and it's like, I want to give Claire the benefit of the doubt. Like, why would she lie about it? A little part of me thinks that Cameron may have may have made one of his off-color, ill-timed jokes, and Claire has written a whole Tyler Perry movie out of it because that's what she does. Because something about the whole, I kind of believe that Cameron said her butt was too big. But I'm trying to think, like, was it a joke or was it one of the things that he said? And she just took it really personally and she never got over it. So Brennan actually kind of confirmed that all he kept telling the guys is that he was attracted to her, which we have seen on our end. So I don't know. But Claire seems surprised every time. Like, every time he says something nice, she seems surprised. So I don't know. These two, I don't know what's going on. So um, Emily and Brennan, the experts are visiting and... 
sorry, Dr. P is the one who's visiting, not the expert. But they're talking about, you know, the expert visiting, how are you feeling? And I'm like, this has to be Brennan's worst nightmare. <laughs> he mentions that he's never done therapy before. And does this count as therapy? Does this count as therapy aid when the no. experts come? No. It's more like canceling or whatever, right? Not it's counseling on TV. And uh, when you guys go listen to our interview with Dr. Pepper and Dr. Deska, they're like, yeah, what we do on the show is not therapy. We're not taking on that responsibility while we're being filmed. No, no, no. Okay. So he says he's never done therapy before. And then he wonders what her intentions are. I'm like, Brennan, who hurt you? And Emily just quips, you should ask her. (laughs) (laughs) Then Emily, um, when Dr. Pierre comes in, Emily is already trying to make it nice. She's like, oh, we had a rocky week and we are back on track. And Dr. P is like, oh, so everything's fine now? And she goes, no, that there's a disconnect and they're trying to see how time is going to help with their chemistry. And she brings up him talking about his emotions, that she's heard that that's not his thing. Dr. Pia asks if he agrees and he says, yes. She says, but you can identify, like, you can identify that you are not feeling romantic feelings that are there things turning you off. And he's like, hey, let's be mindful of Emily here. It's not easy. I'm here. Which why I'm like, regardless, going back to last week's episode, regardless of what tone those friends came with, Brennan would have come in defensive anyways. Brennan is a naturally distrustful person. He just thinks everyone is out to get him. Because I just really think that comment of I wonder what her intentions are was so weird. And I, I nobody come at me with, reality show exploitation and things like that. I just thought it was like a weird comment for him to make. Um, yeah, I, I'm just checking for patterns. So with Brennan and the defensiveness and the rudeness and the inability to talk like calmly, we've the last three times that it's happened, it's been with women. So I wonder if that's a factor in, in Brennan's issues. Ho, ho, ho. You might have caught on to something. Um, Dr. Pia tells him, like, I am being mindful. And she asks, like, was there something I, I said that made you think I wasn't being mindful? <laughs> he says, you know, if I were in Emily's shoes, I would. And then she's like, but I'm like, you're not her. And then she asks Emily, like, oh, Emily, am I making you uncomfortable? She's like, no. And then she's like, listen, the only way we can move forward is if we have a frank and honest conversation. So she asks, like, okay, are you holding back to not hurt her feelings? And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything that's going to hurt her feelings. So Dr. Pia tells her that she, Emily, that she's noticing her body language, her eye rolls, because Dr. Pia and Brennan at this point have been going back and forth. And Emily's just there like, oh, so, um, She says, I notice your eye rolls. And then Brennan cuts in and is like, oh, that's just you. That's just her. And then she's asking, she's like, oh, I'm I'm asking Emily. And Brennan's like, yeah, but I want to explain. And she's like, oh, but I'm talking to her, though. He's like, I know. But I have to say that. And Dr. Pia says it again. Like, yes, I'm talking to her. And I would like to get there. And he's like, listen, it's a lot. And I'm just trying to get Emily to take a step back. And Dr. Pia was like, but she doesn't need your help. And he's like, this is my wife. I'm just going to make sure she's okay. And Dr. Pia says, that that's my job to make sure she's okay. And 
there was tension, there was commercials, they came back and she asked Emily, are you okay? And Emily says, I'm fine. She asks again about the eye roll. Brennan once again jumps in and is like, oh, it's a thinking face. Am I wrong? And she goes, yes, it's thinking, but it's also frustration that she will feel resentment if she doesn't hear the whole thing. Dr. Pia says to move forward. They have to have an honest conversation and she understands how it can be pressure. She needs to know what they have been doing. She asks Brennan, what is holding back for him the physical? And he says, it's just a feeling he doesn't have. She asks him what the feeling is. He says, I don't know what the feeling is. It's just not there. How do you know this feeling is not there, but you don't know what the feeling is? But okay. Dr. Pia asks, like, is this something you've experienced before? He says, no. And she says, you had, this is my words. You had all the smoke for me to protect your wife. That feeling is there. Is there an emotion attached to that? He says, maybe. I don't know. I think what she was trying to ask was like, is this because of care or is it because of like what 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 prompted that um, action? He says, I don't know what the emotion is, but that's how I am when I care about people. And she's like, okay. I thought she was going to be like, oh, so you care about her? But Dr. Pierre kind of knows that he's full of shit and just kind of moved on. And was like, so what are your thoughts on therapy? <laughs> I think the thing for me with Dr. P is that it's very obvious when she's been debriefed with notes. Because that was clearly something that they had to address. And I don't think it came up naturally, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. The therapy thing? Yeah. Just saying, what are your thoughts on therapy? It just <laughs> sounds like something like, I heard your conversation. Like, this is something that could benefit. I don't know that... If they didn't talk about the therapy thing, if that would come up, I don't know. So Emily says, well, for her, they haven't had any bad experiences. And I'm like, Ugh, why would you say that? Because for me, I think everybody thinks that bad experiences has to be like this deep traumatic thing. Someone died, someone did this and all that. But just Brennan's parents' marriage already is an experience. And then even for her, her never being in a relationship at her age is as a result of something. Like there's just always something tied to something that for her to just give this big blanket of, oh, we've just never had any bad experiences. Like we said, I think a few episodes before, like therapy doesn't hurt. Whether it's a tune-up, whether it's a thing, like it just doesn't hurt. So you don't have to have bad experience to do that. Um, Brennan, and then she says, Brennan, what about you? Brennan's like, have I done it? Or are you asking, what do I think about it? I'm like, uh, she says, I think you should do individual therapy to be able to identify your emotions. And he's like, huh? Like, I don't think so. Like I do a lot of self-reflection. I have a good support system. I don't think like it's a barrier to my relationship. And I'm not not talking because I have no emotions and he, I think he knows what he's thinking, even though he's saying that he doesn't know what he thinks about it. Um, and I think he's just regulating himself because he is on TV. But I understand where he was coming from, where it was like, he felt like, because I'm not saying this, all of a sudden I should go to therapy. That's what I mean by, I don't necessarily think he was a natural sequence of conversation. It could have been more seamless, I think. I think that if Dr. Pia has been watching them, <clears throat> first off, Brennan has 
he says he has no emotions, but it's just very confusing. I think he has plenty. He doesn't want to talk about them. Yeah. And he's basically saying that. I have them, but I don't. And I also feel like the real question is, like, why are you not operating properly in this marriage? He knows why. <clears throat> so, I, 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 Brennan is really confusing, but he is obsessed with his self-image or how he's going to come off. He's terrible at expressing himself. He's terrible at communicating from what we have seen. And Dr. Pia was just asking the questions that Emily's already asked that he hasn't answered. I also think, like like I said, I think she knows she's full of shit. And I like her style. Her style of, I don't know, canceling or whatever you want to call it, is asking these questions so that when you hear the answers, you can go from there. So I think she knows that he knows what he's feeling. He just doesn't want to say it. So she's kind of in a way calling his bluff. Like if you're saying that you have no feelings or you don't know what this feeling is, then okay, let's solve that problem and go figure out what it is. But I think he does know what it is, but yeah. I don't like how Brennan (laughs) tries to fake empathy to protect himself. You don't care about Emily. Yeah. (laughs) You don't. Exactly. You just use caring about Emily to protect yourself. And Emily knows it and Dr. Pia knows it. Yep, that's why she was like, what was that emotion tied to that? And he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then he tried to convince us that he's protective of his wife. Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Um, and Dr. Pia visits Becca and Austin. They come in, they're holding hands, they're giggly. Dr. Pia says that she's enamored by how genuine their connection is. She asks about their intimacy and she says, Becca says, I like making out with him, but he moves at a slow space. So I'm respecting that. She asks him why the pace. He said he likes to have an emotional connection. And I've said this before. I just feel like he's hiding something big. And uh, Dr. Pia asks if, Becca has expressed her needs and she goes, yes, that if it were up to her, that they'll have sex. And Austin just says like, yeah, like he's used to it, that it has bothered his girlfriends in the past. Then I thought, is he one of those, at first I thought he was waiting for marriage, but I'm like, if he was a virgin, he would have said that. But then also he's married. So what was the thing that bothered them was like, how long did he wait? in a relationship like why did he get into a relationship with people okay let me let me let me take a step back here they just got to know each other got it people that were his girlfriends he knew them so by the time they became your girlfriend at that point if it assuming that he was having sex with them what was the thing they had to wait for or that he was slowing the pace wouldn't he have done all that before they became a girlfriend Mm, you're right yeah so i'm still lost on the things that had bothered the girlfriends in the past that i wish dr pia had asked uh so what was that how did you get past it how long did you take and things like that so dr pia asks if it's okay to do other things that's not intercourse and he's like yeah and becca seems so surprised (laughs) she's like oh that's news to me and then Dr. Pia says, so what is safe to try? I'm like, what? Are they supposed to go into detail like as to what are the things that they're going to do? Like, ooh. So 
he says, like, I feel like those things will happen more in the moment. And she's like, okay, I encourage you to talk about it. Know what your boundaries are. Talking could be foreplay. And he's like, and then Austin kisses Becca's hand. He's like, yeah, we don't need to turn her on anymore. Um, there's such an, yeah. <laughs> there's such an enigma to me because they are very touchy-feely. They really seem to enjoy each other's company, and he lets her be her. But then I just also remembered that another comment that Austin makes is, there's some things that I need to work out. And I'm just over the whole vagueness of everything. And I just it's making me do mental gymnastics, as Lauren said. What could it be? Is it? Because I think the, the whole thing about Becca and Austin is that they're hiding a lot of stuff. So mm. do you think that there's a situation where she knows more than we know because he's being more honest with her? Oh. Off camera. That's a possibility. Because, yeah, she is always like, we're doing good. We're doing good. So I don't know. But then he says, we don't want to talk about the big stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But that's a possibility, Aid. I just, I don't want to do homework when I watch my TV. Just let me know what it is. (laughs) I think part of it is I'm like, Becca should be more upset. (laughs) Yeah. Then she appears to be based on his answers. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So, um, Cameron and Claire. So Cameron asked Claire, they're sitting doing the debrief. The Dr. P is gone now. And Cameron just point blank asked, point blank asked Claire, do you want me to stay? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want you to go. I will miss you if you don't, but I don't know if I'll be if it's just because I'm attached, but I don't know if it's the right attachment because I've been single for so long and now I'm getting used to having you. But then if you go, I'm like, what the hell? I thought you guys said she was a therapist. Like for a therapist, she does not communicate directly. Cameron says okay but uh, that's for you to decide he says because for me I want to love you but I don't want us to hurt each other she kept saying I don't know I don't know what you want me to say I don't want it to feel like I'm pressuring you to stay and then Cameron kind of caught her and was like no like forget about everything else like you on your own what do you want me to do all this man was looking for is like if you want me to stay I will stay But if you don't want me to, like, basically, he's giving her an out, and she still couldn't take it. And that just really, really pissed me off. (laughs) I do feel like he asked this question multiple times in this one episode. And I think a part of me is like, but you're not getting a different answer. She, She gives you the same answer every episode. I don't know what he's supposed to do with that, but I do wonder why he keeps on asking the question. It's one of those cases, you know, like when people are together and they know it's over, but no one wants to be the one that breaks it up. <laughs> They're waiting for the other person to do it. But in this case, he gave her an out. I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't want to uh, be Orion. That's why I see it. He's like, oh, I kind of want to do what Orion did, but I don't want to be Orion. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So when he caught her off and was like, what do you want? She's like, you cutting me off is pissing me off. And then she says... I don't know even more. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. So Claire tells him like, well, the advice was not to talk about the future that we have to be in the moment. And then Claire's and Cameron is like, Oh, you're right. Well, how about I sleep in the spare bedroom 
and see if it's something that we can maintain. And Claire is like, he doesn't want him to hate her for something. And he goes silent and she's like, oh, like you already hate me. She didn't say that, but that's what she was implying. Okay, so Emily and Brennan, Emily says, you know, how did it go that she thought the conversation was moving in the right direction? I'm like, huh? Were you there? Did you see what happened? Brennan says, like, yeah, I just don't know why she kept harping on my emotions and he doesn't understand where it's coming from. I'm like, again, were you there because you said you had none? She says, like, um, I think she was trying to understand what your feelings were, that he has feelings. He just doesn't know what they are. He said that, you know, you just wanted that Dr. Pia just wanted him to disclose like he had feelings for her, but he just doesn't have them. And he doesn't need therapy to explain why it's not there. Um, Emily says, oh, I think you have more feelings. And he was like, for you or in general? I'm like, oh, relax, Brennan. <laughs> She's like, in general. And then he got frustrated about that. And it's like, what are you talking about? Because, like, you haven't brought up any topics to discuss. I'm like, wait, uh, did I miss something? <laughs> like, what? what is going on? She says she doesn't understand why this has escalated. And she should be the one upset. I think he made dinner for them. And I think she got so upset and she threw it in the trash. I don't know if she finished it, but I just thought like, I thought she threw it away in the trash. Like she lost her appetite. And she's like, I thought everything went good. And he's like, yeah, um, yeah, there's a disconnect there. I don't think everything went well. He says, it's just not a good feeling when someone tells you that you have to go to therapy. I'm just like, Brennan, if ever there was a case, it is you, darling. You gotta go. He says, I understand how you feel like I need therapy, but it's not going to happen. Um, Keisha does ask him about this and he's like, yeah, like he supports therapy and it's great, but that he didn't say anything like of not feel, oh, sorry, that the reason was just like at the time he just wasn't feeling a spark, um, with Emily and, Keisha was like, but you didn't say that. <laughs> and then he does admit, like, you know, looking back, like he thinks that he's saying something, but it's not what he's saying. And that could have solved a whole bunch of stuff. And Lauren backs her up. I was like, yeah, like everything you just said right now, you made sense. But in that scene, I had no idea what you were talking about. I think you you tell me, Aid, if you think this is the truth, that he finally shared the things that were his turnoffs about Emily, the things that were coming out about her getting ghosted, saying that she loves one night stands and she loves to party, that those were all things that he was kind of concerned about. Like if you're 30 and you still want to do these things, like, are you sure you're ready to get married? And he wasn't trying to change anyone. And then Keisha was like, yeah, but if she doesn't know that, you don't give her an opportunity to change if she wants to. So what do you think? I think I was so excited to hear Brennan tell us finally what the problem is that I took it at face value, which was not pride of me. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, was he just looking for a defensible answer? I mean, he's had months and months to come up with one. And so this is what he thinks is defensible. But if that's your answer, as Keisha said, none of those things are things that she can't change if she wants to. So... As if she doesn't want to have one night stands anymore, if she doesn't want to party anymore, or if she wants to, why are you not asking her if these are the things that are such a deal breaker to you? As agreeable as Emily has 
been this whole time mm -hmm. it just sounds like an excuse but also if you really really like her be an adult and have a conversation like hey i'm not gonna lie to you i'm a little uneasy about this you know these things that you mentioned like have you really given it up or are these things that you still want to do and then he's been talking about trusting the process the whole time and then we'll give it a shot and then give her a chance to prove that it's not so Personally, I didn't believe the reasons. So, there was that. So, Becca and Austin are doing their debrief. And Austin asked if she was surprised that he was open to doing more. And she's like, yeah, that she was surprised. And then they laugh about it. And then they say they were going to go to bed and kiss more and all that. The thing is, if he's open to more... Why haven't they just done it versus having to talk about it, then go do it? Because they're pretty comfortable with each other. We know she wants to do it. We know she's following his lead. So if you want to do it the way I know that chemistry and, you know, body works, just do it. Like, I don't, I don't get talking about it before doing it to say, it's okay, let's do it. Do you think you admitted it under duress? <laughs> Like Dr. Pia is forcing me to, to give more than I had originally intended. But sure, if it makes her happy for me to say it. But that's why I call them an enigma. Because just watching them together in this scene, he seemed pretty open to doing the more. Maybe everything but. But I don't know. I, can't, I cannot decipher these people. So they kiss and they go to bed. And the episode ends. And we get a mid-season trailer because if you guys remember, next week is going to be Journey So Far. We are not covering it. And we get to see, I'm not crazy, we get to see Michael being asked again if he would like to get married by doc, Dr. Pepper. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that in the preview, this is not a solo conversation between Dr. Pepper and Michael. Yeah. There are some friends and or family there for support. Yeah. And then I guess... No, I I guess the spoilers. Are, I was gonna say there's a possibility he could say no. I don't want to go through this again. So, but I don't know. Um, all I noticed, Aid, you mentioned Lauren and Orion not being on decision day. Emily and Brennan are not there. Oh, yes. In my mind, I remembered them being there. Okay, this this clip that they showed today, I I went to rewind again. There was no Emily and Brennan. <laughs> So it was a lot of Becca staring, Cameron and Claire, and I did not see Emily and Brennan. I, I have to say, I would be very glad to have Emily put out of her misery. I don't want her around this man anymore. Yeah. Around this man anymore. So, yeah, I don't, that's fine by me. And <laughs> we'll just see what happens with Michael. Yep. Okay. This show certainly needs a Hail Mary. <laughs> if ever. Okay. So, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Lauren. Because <laughs> she came back to... I don't like to overuse these expressions, but how can you subtly and ably read someone for filth? <laughs> 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 and I just... It was it was very funny to see. <laughs> and I was actually... The, the part that made me happiest was her um, acknowledging that she apologized, that he did her dirty and she ended up apologizing for it. And I'm glad to see that she recognized that. And 
I would say retracted the apology. So <laughs> who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Cameron. My bouquet goes to Cameron for being very direct. I appreciate people who are direct or who communicate very directly. It's a matter of like, hey, this is how I feel about this. Hey, do you want to be in this or not? Hey, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm putting Cameron first. He was just very direct about everything. And I just really appreciated that. Who has your ashes? It's very hard to pick. You know, my ashes are going to go to Becca and Austin. This grand plan to never talk about anything important is really starting to bother me. I think for, for me, I just need to know if you guys are going to be okay. And the longer you have made this decision to put stuff off, the more I'm like, I don't think so. So for my own personal reasons, it's, it's going to be Becca and Austin. Who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes go to Claire. For the exact opposite reason of Cameron. Like, don't appreciate, I don't know, well, ooh, well, I don't want, I don't want to engage in behavior that involves sexual nature. Mm-mm. All that beating around the bush, I, that, that's why she gets my ashes. One last question, Becca and Austin, do you think it's editing? Maybe, to make it seem worse than it is. Yeah. Maybe, but I think the part where I was like, oh no, they really are running around telling everybody we're not talking about everything important is when the other couples are talking about how Becca and Austin have decided to not talk about anything important. (laughs) Okay. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We appreciate you listening to us. Please give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We wish you guys a happy, happy holidays. We will be back after next week, and we hope you have a good holiday. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate, and Happy New Year to everybody. Yes. Bye, guys. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.